Well, good Thursday evening. We welcome you. Again, today is Thursday, August 25th. The time is 7 p.m. And you are tuning in to the Parents of Prodigals podcast. We welcome you. If uh, you are a regular listener, you already know what our program is about. And if you are a first-time listener, we welcome you again. Parents of Prodigals podcast is a one-hour weekly program dedicated to prayer, intercession, petition, and supplication on behalf of the wayward or prodigal sons and daughters of Christian parents or caretakers. My name is Brother Alan Weir, and I'm the host of this live podcast. We welcome you again. I myself am the parent of two adult children, neither of which are believers and have never committed their lives to Christ. And this podcast came about out of my concern and love for my two children and a desire to see them come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I have been in conversation with many people from my home church, Soul Purpose Evangelical Church in Middletown, New York. And many of us, there are those of us in Soul Purpose who have adult children, <clears throat> excuse me, who have never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Some parents are the parents or caretakers of teenagers. Maybe at one time they were very involved in the church, maybe even singing in a church choir, maybe attending Sunday school. Some young people may have been very active in the youth organization of their church, but they never accepted, actually accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. Or if they have, they wandered away from the faith. The enemy has lured them away through a variety of means, maybe through peer pressure or the love of pleasure or apathy or maybe even bitterness, whatever the reason. Many of us are the parents of either teenagers or adult children who have wandered from the faith or have never accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. And we agonize for them. We think of them constantly. I've said very often that I believe we are not living in the last days, but the last moments, the last seconds. And again, the next biblical event on the prophetic calendar is the rapture. And as a parent of prodigal children myself, like many of you who may be listening, we do not wish our children left behind when the rapture takes place. We often wonder what will become of them. We don't want them to enter a Christless grave. And so we pray and petition and intercede on their behalf. And we bind the works of the enemy that may have them bound in a variety of things. And so this program is dedicated to the prayer that they will come to a saving knowledge of Christ, but it's also a time of encouragement and support and comfort and strength to those of us who are parents and guardians of prodigal children. Discouragement, depression, anxiety, sometimes even bitterness at God can set in. And this is a time when we can touch and agree, ironing, sharpening iron, we can share each other's burdens. And for that reason, this is a live podcast where you, the listener, can call in. And if you decide to do so, share your prayer requests for your unsafe prodigal sons and daughters. Or maybe you are a caretaker, a grandparent with children in your charge. This program is committed to providing strength, encouragement, comfort, prayer, intercession, supplication, 
and petition. But not just that, we also come together to bind the works of the enemy, who is deceiving the minds and the hearts of our prodigal children to remain out in the world and not come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That being said, before we go any further, I would like to start our program with a word of prayer. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you for this opportunity, this time when we can come together, myself and any listeners who are out there tuning in. And before anything, we want to ask you for forgiveness. If there's anything we may have said or done or thought in a way that we've behaved that hasn't been worthy of our calling, we ask for cleansing, spiritual cleansing, Lord God. The blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. And your mercies are new every day, Heavenly Father. And we ask you to forgive us of all our sins, Lord God. We want to come before you clean in your sight. We want nothing hindering our fellowship with you. We want nothing hindering our prayers, Heavenly Father. Maybe perhaps we've treated someone wrongly we ask for forgiveness for that as well lord god we want to ascend into your holy hill with clean hands and a pure heart and so we ask for your forgiveness and we thank you for your forgiveness by faith and we ask this in jesus name lord god well we also pray that the things that are said and shared during this podcast are edifying to the listener and most of all glorifying to you Bless this time together, Lord God. Put coals of fire on my tongue and on the tongues of anybody who calls in, who shares. We thank you, Lord God, for the blessings that you'll bestow on me and any listener who's tuning into this podcast. In Jesus' name, amen. And again, this is a live podcast. If you're listening and you want to call in, Please feel free. We would love to hear your prayer requests. If you choose to remain anonymous when you send in your prayer requests, when you call in, that's fine. We want to respect your confidentiality and your privacy. If you want to type in instant message your prayer request, it's possible to do that. And I will see your prayer request on my screen. And we'll approach the throne of grace and intercede on your behalf and whatever it is you want prayer for. If you want to call in and share an insight, share a scripture that's relevant to the topic of prodigal children and the strengthening of the parents, please call in. We'd love to hear what you have to say. We'd love to hear your insights. Some of you may have a testimony. We would love to hear your testimonies about what the Lord is doing for you and will do for you. As always, after our prayer, I like to share a brief devotion with you. And these devotions that I share are not indicative of me arriving spiritually. But many times when I have my personal devotions, there'll be an insight that has really been a blessing to me and truly spoke to me especially on the subject of prodigalism and children, whether they be adults or teenagers. And I want to share these insights with you. I share them with my wife frequently. But tonight, instead of doing a particular topic or a theme, what came to me during one of my private devotions was a word. The word is trust. And so this devotional this evening is about the word trust and we will tie that in to our entire theme this evening our two biblical texts tonight are going to be from psalm 28 verse 7 psalm 28 verse 7 and proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 through 6 proverbs chapter 3 
verses 5 through 6. I'll say those verses again. Psalm 28, verse 7, and Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. And if you're going to go on your device or flip through the pages of your Bible, I'll give you a moment to do that. In the meantime, it came to me during my study, Webster's Dictionary defines trust as assured reliance on the character and the ability and the strength or truth of someone or something. And that's an accurate definition, according to Webster. However, one of the great weaknesses of the English language is its limitation in the meaning of words. The Hebrew definition of trust is so much more deeper, so much more richer, so much more fuller. The same can be said for Greek words as well. And because the Hebrew definition of trust is deeper and richer and fuller, it speaks about God's character and his ability. And the Hebrew word for trust is betach. Betach. It can be spelled B-E-T-A-C-H. Betach. And now I'm going to read our two biblical texts, which tie into this. Psalm 28, verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song, I will praise him. Let me go over to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. As I said, the Hebrew word for trust is betach. And unlike English, Eastern languages, languages from the Holy Land or the Orient and the Far East, such as Hebrew or Greek or Chinese, these are picture languages. Many of the words in Hebrew, Greek, and Chinese and other Eastern languages have words that are associated with pictures. For example, the Hebrew word aman, aman, that's where we get our Greek word amen, what we say at the end of our prayers. And in Hebrew, the word aman means to be firm. And the word aman is symbolized by a picture of setting up a tent and driving the tent pegs deeply into firm ground so that when the strong winds or storms come, the tent pegs won't be pulled out of the ground and the tent won't be blown down. So when we say aman or amen at the end of our prayers, what we are literally saying is that we stand firm on our prayers and belief that they will be answered. And that word betach, trust, is made up of three Hebrew letters. There are three Hebrew letters that make up the word betach. And interestingly enough, each of these three letters symbolizes a picture. And the letters in the word betach, trust, are be'et, that's the first letter. The second letter is tre'et. And the third letter is chet. Be'et is the first letter of the Hebrew word betach, trust. And be'et, that first letter, symbolizes the picture of a tent or a home or a family. It symbolizes being on the inside, remaining in the safety of a dwelling with loved ones. And the idea and picture of security, closeness, intimacy, and relationship come to mind. The second letter in the word betach, trust, is teret, teret. And teret symbolizes the picture of something that is wrapped or swaddled. It's a picture of an infant in a swaddling cloth 
much like we see in hospital maternity wards. Many times babies will be wrapped in the standard white and blue blankets that we see in local hospitals. But in ancient days, or biblical times, an infant that was unswaddled or unwrapped in a cloth was considered to be abandoned and uncared for. In fact, Taret, interestingly enough, that second letter in the word betach, Taret, is also the first letter in the Hebrew word for good, which is Taob. Psalm 34 verse 8 says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts betach in him. It's the same Hebrew first letter in both tet, and it's also the same picture symbol, communicating the idea that it's good to trust betach in God because God is good, tob. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 27 says, The eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. A place of refuge, a place of trust, betach. The third letter in our word study this evening, betach, trust. The third letter is chet, chet. It's the last letter in the Hebrew word betach that makes up our word. And chet is symbolized by a picture of a fence or a wall. It's the picture of what surrounds and protects. But it also includes the idea of exclusivity. You know, many cities, many nations, Community, for lack of a better definition, is a living area or a residential area that has controlled access. Not just anybody can come in or come out because of the fence or wall around it that provides security. Cities of refuge in the Old Testament were cities where people could go if they were in danger. Nothing harmful was allowed to come in. And the condition of safety, if you enter the city of refuge, is that you needed to remain within the city walls. You give up your confidence of safety and security and rest if you go outside those walls. And it came to me to think about when praying and interceding and petitioning for our prodigal sons and daughters, when doubts about their salvation come to us, when the enemy tries to get us to talk negatively, maybe say things like, oh, they'll be too difficult to convert. The Spirit of God's really going to have to break them. Or if we say things like, I don't see how God can change the way they are or the way they think. They're too far gone. They're too hardened or when we become discouraged or depressed, or even bitter and angry at God for supposedly not working in our prodigal's lives. Maybe we don't see anything happening. Those are the times when we need to remember to betach, to trust, to enter that place where we find security and intimacy and safety and rest. And we do this when we trust in our Lord with the confidence that we will not be abandoned. That word betach, trust, all those three letters come together so that we know for a fact that we're in the intimacy of a covenant relationship with our God. And that everything's going to be all right. that we can also be sure that we're swaddled in his love and not abandoned. You know, I shared earlier that I have not yet arrived. Many times I myself 
need encouragement from my brothers and sisters. In fact, it was recently, actually, it was verified twice. And I want to share this with you as a source of encouragement. Recently, we had an event, the Man Up for God event at our Soul Purpose Church. And I was sharing with a sister in Christ about my concerns for my daughter's salvation. And she spiritually corrected me on an error in the way I was talking. In my frame of mind, in my discouragement in describing my daughter, I was not speaking life, but I was talking about how hardened her heart was, how difficult it would be for God to melt her heart and mind and open up her ears to the gospel. And this sister in Christ was truly a blessing as she corrected me and told me that I needed to speak life and I needed to speak trust, betach, and speak faith in the Lord's ability to do what to me sometimes seems impossible. Another occasion, I was at church and a sister in Christ who knows my daughter personally and prays for her frequently during every service said the exact same thing. Out of the mouth of two or more shall my words be established, the word of God says, and she herself told me that I need to continue to speak life into the life of my daughter. And then the greatest blessing of all, our church recently had a church picnic in Orange County. And one of our pastors, Pastor Shadre, was sitting down with me towards the end of the picnic. And he shared with me that the Lord impressed upon his heart as I was speaking to him about my unsaved son and daughter. And he shared with me that he believed the Lord was speaking to him and shared with me that my daughter would come to Christ and she would come to Christ in a dramatic way, which would be a testimony to many. And when he said this, that was the third statement that was verification, speaking life into the lives of our prodigal sons and daughters and the promise that we have will save them. We have God's promise that if we place our confidence in him, we will not be put to shame. Psalm 25 verses 2 through 3 says, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, none who wait for you, who trust in you, betach, shall be put to shame. Psalm 56, verse 3. When I am afraid, I put my trust, betach, in you. And so I'd like to say a prayer upon the conclusion of this devotional. Father, I pray that the insights, the devotion that I shared this evening was a blessing and spoke to anyone who was listening this evening, Lord God. And Lord, it's easy to become discouraged, become disillusioned, to doubt, to be fearful, to read the newspapers, to watch the TV and see the news and how bad things are. Your return is imminent, Lord God. The rapture can take place any moment now. We think of our prodigal sons and daughters and we want them to get raptured, Heavenly Father. And so I pray, Lord God, that you help us to continue to pray without ceasing for our prodigal sons and daughters, to be anxious for nothing. But as your word says, by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, to let our requests for our prodigal sons and daughters' salvation come before you. 
and that we betach, Lord God, we trust you. And when we trust you, the peace that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds, Heavenly Father. Help us to remain steadfast. Stekos, help us to stand firm. Help us not to become discouraged. Replace discouragement with encouragement. Replace anxiety with joy and peace. Replace unbelief with unwavering faith. Maybe perhaps, Lord, we are growing weary in our prayers. Lift up our feeble hands, Lord God, like in the Old Testament. Lift up our hands so that they remain up in the air in supplication and praying, Lord God, not becoming weary, not becoming discouraged. But Lord, having complete confidence in you, that you will answer our prayers for our prodigal sons and daughters. They will come to a saving knowledge of your son, Jesus Christ, repenting of their sins and surrendering their lives fully to you, Lord God. We don't know when it's going to happen. We don't know how it's going to happen. But whenever it happens, however it happens, we betach, we trust you, Lord. And we thank you and we praise you for the answer, which we know is already on its way, if not already here. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're approaching the halfway mark of our program. And again, this is a live call-in show. If you would like to call in with a prayer request, you may do so. If you want to call in a prayer request anonymously, you may do so. You don't have to identify your name. If you don't want to provide any details except you're just requesting prayer for an unsaved loved one, we will respect your privacy and confidentiality. We don't want to embarrass anyone or put anyone on the spot. There's also a way you can instant message your prayer request. If you instant message your prayer request, I will see it on my screen. And then we will mention it on the air. There may be some who will be listening to this podcast at a later time. Maybe perhaps you're listening right now and you will be sending in your prayer request later on. There's a vehicle for that on our website, parentsofprodigals.us, or even in Podbean, there is a way to send in your prayer request through social media, and we will see it, and we will bring it up in our next podcast. But quite frankly... If I see that prayer request this evening, I will bring it up in prayer this evening. I won't wait till the next podcast, but I'll bring it up in prayer. And then at the next podcast, I will bring it up in prayer again so that many of us can unite in prayer and touch and agree for your unsaved loved one. And so maybe you'd like to call in with an insight or share a scripture, something that you say may encourage someone who's listening, who needs to be strengthened. You may be the iron that sharpens a dull knife tonight, someone that needs encouragement. You know, in the book of Romans, the apostle Paul had stated that he wanted to go to Rome so he can impart some encouragement to the Roman believers, but that also he could be mutually encouraged by their faith. And that's what this podcast is about as well as with prayer. An occasion when we can be mutually encouraged by each other's faith and strengthening each other while we watch the road for our prodigal sons and daughters to come to Christ. So as we approach the halfway mark of our program, we're going to take a musical interlude break. And after two musical numbers, 
we will return with the remainder of our podcast, Parents of Prodigals.
with our podcast, Parents of Prodigals, and I hope that musical interlude was a blessing to you. That first number, the piano number, was a song, I Will Rise, I Will Rise, and that second one was at the foot of the cross. That's where we want all of our children to end up, at the foot of the cross. You know, I was reading an article by Dr. David Jeremiah regarding the topic of prodigal sons and daughters. I thought to myself as I was reading this article that being the parent of an unsaved son or daughter, again, it's very, very difficult. And we want to drag them to the foot of the cross, it seems, as the days draw closer, the hours, the minutes, and the seconds draw closer to the return of our Lord, which could happen any moment now. The rapture could take place any second. And many times we wish we could shake our prodigal sons and daughters and shake them into accepting Christ. We may ask ourselves, what's wrong with them? Can't they read the signs of the times? And what's happening in the world. 
But many times our worry and our anxieties for our prodigal sons and daughters, if we're not careful, we can end up going under ourselves in several ways. Maybe our anxiousness and our concern and our worries will rob off our sleep or take away our appetites, maybe even make us bitter towards the Lord. And David Jeremiah provided four, four insights which were truly a blessing to me in dealing with the idea of having a prodigal son or daughter, whether they're a teenager or an adult who is not saved or backslid. And the first idea, the first insight he shared was to realize that this is God's work. The task of reclaiming and recovering something that's lost is God's work. God's more concerned for that troubled person than we are. He sent Christ to die for that loved one. So you or I, as parents, are not alone in our concern. We need to cast our cares on the Lord and let him do the work. And so if you have a son or a daughter or a grandchild, maybe a child in your care and custody, who has wandered from the faith or has never accepted Christ, remember to know the difference between what you can do and what only God alone can do. Don't try to do God's job for him. Plant the seed, live Christ before them. But the scripture makes it very clear that no one can come to the Father unless the Spirit draws him. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation, not our power. It's the power of God. Don't try to assume responsibility for the decisions or attitudes of your prodigal son and daughter. The Lord will work on them. If he's not already working on them now, they will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. All we can do is our part and wait patiently for God to do the rest. It may not happen right away, but it will happen. The second insight that David Jeremiah shared was we need to acknowledge that this is a spiritual battle. It may seem that our prodigal sons and daughters are being stiff-necked or hard-headed. But in reality, if God could open up your eyes and mind to the spirit world, we would not be able to handle what we would see. If God were to open up our minds, our eyes, our spiritual eyes to see the heavenly beings who are working on behalf of our prayers, our minds could not contain seeing the angels. And if God would open up our eyes to see the demonic forces that were at work, we would be shocked in horror at what they're doing and what they were like. This is a spiritual battle. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. It may seem that way. But we're wrestling against principalities and against powers. There was a demon-possessed individual in the scriptures that could only be cast out by prayer and fasting. And so we need to pray without ceasing and even fast for our prodigal sons and daughters, rebuking the power of the enemy. Prayer and intercession is necessary, but we also need to realize that we need to rebuke the enemy. Cast them out of the minds and lives and hearts of our prodigal sons and daughters. There are demonic forces at work that have our sons and daughters bound. And we need to go into spiritual battle and warfare against them. And the enemy may even attack you or I as prodigal parents, as parents of prodigals, that is. Attacking us in discouragement, with anxiousness, doubt unbelief that it's not going to happen. We need to rebuke the enemy from our minds as well, from poisoning them with the hemlock of unbelief. A third insight that Dr. Jabba Jeremiah shares is we need to take care of ourselves while we're waiting for the Lord to do his work, which is his work. We need to stay in prayer, have daily devotions, fellowship with our brothers and sisters, ask them for prayer, attend Bible study, 
stay in the Word of God. The Word of God cleanses, strengthens, encourages. Your joy and peace in this life isn't dependent on your loved one, but it's on the Lord. And you have to remind yourself of that. And that sometimes requires a good circle of brothers and sisters who are edifying. But more than that, abiding in Christ, keeping in fellowship with him, staying away from sin, not living a compromised life, living a consecrated and holy life, reading God's word, meditating on it day and night, and worshiping and praising God, living a life of praise and worship as we read and meditate on God's word, taking care. It is spiritual self-care. George Muller one time wrote a letter. For those of you who don't know who George Muller was or is, he was a great man of God back in the 19th century. And he wrote a letter to another man of God named Hudson Taylor. And the letter had to do with spiritual self-care, the care of the soul. Meditation and God's word, prayer, fellowship with the saints, and living a life of praise and gratitude and thankfulness before the Lord. Another insight was to love unconditionally, not to be mad at our prodigal sons and daughters. The book of Romans says that the enemy has blinded them to the truth. And so we need to love our prodigal sons and daughters unconditionally. Sometimes our prodigal sons and daughters may be toxic. We may have to love them from a distance. God understands that. Maybe they may be so hostile to the gospel in the way they speak and behave that we may not be able to be around them all the time or we may need to limit our contact and interaction with them because their behavior, their language is toxic. But we can still love them unconditionally. And during this process of prayer and trusting, we need to remember that it's the enemy that's working in their lives. Now, loving someone doesn't mean that we agree with their behavior, but just that we're loving them and seeing them through the eyes of Christ. You know, when I read the scriptures, the Bible is full of many prodigals. Adam was a prodigal. He rebelled against God. He even hid from God, actually believing that he can hide from God and that God didn't know where he was. Adam was a prodigal. David was a prodigal. When he looked at lust and committed adultery with Uriah's wife, even having her husband sent into the forefront of a battle to have him killed as a sham act so he could have his wife. His own flesh made him a prodigal, eventually writing Psalm 51, a prayer of repentance. Solomon was a prodigal, intermarrying with Bathsheba, and compromising his walk with God. Peter was a prodigal for a short period of time. At one point, telling the Lord he would never deny him, even if everybody else ran off, and then ultimately denying our Lord. And most of all, the children of Israel were repeated prodigals. Many of the books in the Old Testament, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and several other prophetic books talk about how the children of Israel rebelled against God. In the first chapter of Isaiah, the Lord speaks to the prophet Isaiah saying that even a donkey or an animal knows who his provider is who the caretaker is, but a person can be so prodigal that their wickedness blinds them and don't, they don't realize who the source of true life is. 
And sometimes, like in the Old Testament, with the children of Israel, God will allow, he will allow, as he did in the Old Testament, for things to happen to the prodigals. God allowed foreign nations to attack and conquer and even enslave the children of Israel. And it had a dual purpose to punish slash correct them. God's intention was to bring his people back to him. Again, in the first chapter of Isaiah, the prophet says, How long, how long will you children be stubborn? How many bruises and welts do you have to have? That may be the case with our prodigal sons and daughters. God may do what needs to be done. It's a scary thing to say to the Lord, do what it takes to save my son and daughter. But God knows what it would take. God knows what's necessary to do to save your son and daughter. He knows what he's doing. I myself don't always remember that. And sometimes God has to remind me. You know, I got saved in 1976, and there was a famous Christian author who was still writing books. His name is Hal Lindsey, and his specialty was prophetic books, books about the end times. He wrote a book called The Late Great Planet Earth, where he talked about the signs of the times and the things that were going on in the world. And subsequently, he wrote another book, a very well-known book, which I've read several times, called The Prodigal Planet. The Prodigal Planet. That book is still very well read. And that book was, in a way, a sequel to the late great planet Earth. And the entire theme of the prodigal planet as it was entitled, was to show how the entire world is a prodigal. The entire world is in wickedness through false religion, love of pleasure, love of self, being diluted and trading the truth of God for a lie. And so the entire world is in the state of prodigalism. Our children are just an extension of that. And as we think about about our sons and daughters, I've said this before in a previous podcast, they may be involved in gang activity. They may be involved in drugs or alcohol. They may be involved in an alternative lifestyle. They may be involved in an immoral lifestyle. They may be involved and sidetracked from coming to the faith by the pursuit of riches and wealth. I even mentioned that you can be a prodigal in church. You can come to church and come to communion Sunday and even take the elements but your life is not fully surrendered to Christ. Having a form of godliness, but you deny the power thereof. There is no substitute for acknowledging that you're a sinner, confessing your sins, repenting of your sins, and surrendering your life fully to Christ. And the blessings of eternal life would be the benefit of surrendering your life to Christ. The alternative is a Christless grave, eternity in the lake of fire. Those aren't pleasant topics and pleasant things to say when we think of our prodigal sons and daughters. It's horrible to think that they may end up in the lake of fire, left behind after the rapture takes place, and to be here for the seven-year tribulation period which will follow the rapture. And so we need to pray and intercede like we have never done before for our unsaved loved ones.
And so if you are the parent or guardian of a prodigal son and daughter, what I'd like to do with you right now is touch and agree with me in prayer, a short prayer. You may not know where your son or daughter is. They may be somewhere. You don't know what they're doing. You don't know who they're with or what they're involved with. But God knows all things. He knows where they are and what they're doing. You may have a prodigal son or daughter who's in a drug rehab. Maybe they're incarcerated. Maybe they're close by. They're in your own home. Maybe they're apathetic and uncaring about the gospel. Or maybe they are angry and totally hostile towards the things of God. Join me in touch and agree with me in a prayer, which we will close in our podcast for our prodigal sons and daughters. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time of sharing, Lord God. And right now, no fancy words, Lord, but I want to touch and agree with everyone who's listening to this podcast. And some who may be listening may not be parents of prodigal sons and daughters. Maybe perhaps there are people listening who have a brother or sister who is prodigal. They've wandered from the faith. Maybe a prodigal parent, a mother or father who has not come to the faith. And Lord, we just cross this boundary, Lord God, and touch and agree for any and all prodigals, whether they're prodigal siblings or prodigal children, Lord God. We worry about them. We don't want them to get left behind when the rapture takes place. We don't want to see them in a Christless grave, Heavenly Father. And so first and foremost, Lord God, we want to touch and agree and ask that you work in all of their lives to save them, Lord God. Save their souls. Do what it takes. Do what it takes, Lord God, so that they accept you as your Lord and Savior. That's a scary thing to say, Lord. Matthew came to you, Lord Jesus, when you called him. But Peter had to be knocked off a horse. The children of Israel had to be attacked and conquered, Lord God. You know what it takes to save our loved ones, what it will take to break them and to soften them until they come to the end of themselves and surrender their life to you, Lord. And so we ask you to work in their lives, Lord God, whether it's maybe a co-worker who will witness to them or live Christ before them. Maybe it's a gospel track that will be given to them. Maybe they'll hear a Christian song that'll speak to them. Maybe it'll be a podcast or a program, this one or any other, Lord God. Maybe it's a person who will be in a motel room and find a Gideon Bible. No matter what the method is, Lord God, perform a work. Do what needs to be done the way you know it needs to be done, Lord God. We're not going to tell you how to answer this prayer or when to answer it, Lord. You know what's best, the right way, the right method, the right time. Save their souls. Bring them to the foot of the cross. Save our prodigals, Lord God. We trust you and we believe you that you're going to do it, Heavenly Father. And I pray for those of us who are saved and have prodigals. Strengthen us. Encourage us. Don't let us get discouraged. Don't let us pray and grow weary. Keep our feeble hands lifted high, interceding for our prodigal loved ones. We praise you. We worship you. We thank you. We believe you. Betach, Heavenly Father, we trust you that you're going to answer this prayer of salvation for our prodigal loved ones, sons and daughters, husbands, wives, brothers and sisters, or relatives. We betach, Lord. We trust you. And until that time comes, help us to continue like the father of the prodigal son. Help us to keep watching the road that we know we're going to see them on as they return to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've come to the end of our podcast. Uh, we've gone a minute over, but that's okay. But what I would like to do is to thank you for tuning in. and. We will be 
coming back again with our next podcast. And we want to encourage you to join in, to call in next Thursday at 7 p.m. Please tune in for the next Parents of Prodigals podcast. Until then, remain steadfast in prayer. Steko, stand firm and keep watching the road. Your prodigal will be on it. In Jesus' name, amen.